doing the other um oh we're live hey what's oh, up? oh oh you're saying this one i, I see what you mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, well, the three boxes yeah three boxes. yeah and then you oh, know why turn your phone sideways yeah sideways yeah oh i gotta put the twitch i gotta put the twitches all right let's get this thing going here we go what's up guys john Sintos here cast quite low cutter nation podcast Please do us a favor and share this on your social media, uh, screen record, do whatever you can. We're trying to put out some highlights, but there's only so much time in the day. Um, check out our online store with our hats. Um, we got our hats. We got our apparel. I'm rocking live or die by your best pitch. Uh, our guest, Cole Newell, probably would pick a change up because that's his thing. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But thanks for um, tuning in today. If anybody has any questions, dump it into the comments or DM us later. Uh, we would love to get some stuff out there. But without further ado, second time on the podcast, uh, Cole Newell, uh, CN Pitching is his Instagram name. He is, let's give him a quick shout out here. Let's, I don't I don't post active. my face very much now right now, but yeah, I told yeah, myself I, I was going to wait until I get a certain amount of people and then I'll start showing my face. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I when, when I went back to look at it, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, God, I know we had a great podcast. I don't remember his face. Went back and looked at the uh the old video we did on YouTube, and I was like, I I remember it was great, it was awesome. So you're yeah. rocking 10k.9 followers. You guys go follow yeah. CN pitching. Let's get them to 11. And your most recent content has been amazing. We got past four. We got Walker Bueller in the gun, which I love that photo. It's one of my favorites. We got Degrom doing his thing in the pen. Pedro, I, I want to go into that Pedro post. Remind me about Cass. Did you check that out? The Pedro post where he's Pedro's hooking the rubber there. Very interesting. The Pedro thing. post. Yeah. A lot of them. We get. We'll do. There's a lot of Pedro. A lot of Pedro. A lot of Pedro. Yeah, for sure. I'm. You know, Conyo finishes my life. That's what we're trying to do all the time. Anyway, so uh, Cole, for the people who uh, uh, the the new people that have now followed you since the last time we met. Uh, once you introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're at, where you're from, where you're coaching, um, and, and maybe just a little bit about what inspired the page. Yeah, so, I mean, right now uh, we're located in Kansas City, so we're uh, on the Kansas side, not the Missouri side. Um, I coach right now in high school, but I, of course, consult, whether it's uh, professional, college, high school, and then all the way down to little leaguers. But uh, right now uh, we do – uh, of course, one-on-one -on -one instruction here in Kansas City, and then I, when I coach in the spring, of course, the season's canceled. But um, played college four years, and then um, got injured, uh, just little elbows problems. Um, I think a lot of it, what I figured out down the road is uh, probably was a little bit to do with strength. I'm, a, I'm a humble enough to admit that now. That is probably because um, I wasn't strong enough. But it wasn't because I wasn't strong in general. just wasn't taught the right way to, to build strength. Um, and then uh, got into kind of like that coaching, just studied the game. So I, instead of before I worked with anybody, I just studied. And I was just like, man, what could I have done? Um, so now still young, of course, still throwing, things like that. And I'm better than what I was. So that's kind of weird. It makes me mad that I'm uh, – <laughs> of course, you figure it out <laughs> down the road that um, – Of course. Like do. you just – you figure out your mechanics and the way your body moves a lot better. So um, that's kind of a little um, – elevator speed of kind of what I am, uh, who I am. Um, and, and the reason we started seeing pitching, um, I wanted to get in. Um, I saw there's a lot of people out there. There's coaches in the area that just didn't really, how do you say, teach the game very well. So um, I wanted to kind of just do that. Um, and it kind of just started really slow. And I just like, I'll just post things here and there. And then all of a sudden it just exploded. So 
I'm pretty grateful for that. And then uh, we're just trying to put out stuff, man, let kids learn. I, I wish I had this platform when I was younger to be able to just jump on a social media and just be able to read and learn um, whether it's how to throw a slider, cutter, change up, things like that. So um, that's about it, man. Yeah, that's so you're uh, from um, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It, what what else? Like I'm from Minnesota and just like the general um, vibe of what gyms look like. It's all just like lessons and teams and kind of half ass teams. Like what's it like? Uh, you, yeah, you very rarely get middle of the pack. It's it's a lot of either higher echelon. You're going to pay a lot. You're going to get fairly good instruction, guys with really good titles. Um, and then you're going to get the very recreational yeah, yeah. based program. So um, it's very hard to get kids in the middle. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what I've targeted is a lot of my clients or kids that are in that middle spot that are that are capable. They see that next jump to get to the higher echelon guys. But yeah, it's a lot of academies in the area. Um, it's either academy or very rarely is there a dad coach team unless it's recreational. So yeah. it's that Midwest vibe no, I think. And I mean, it wasn't like that when I was playing, obviously. I mean, we had really good kids that were playing at the lower levels that could have easily played the higher levels. And uh, they started really young here. So eight years old, seven and eight and nine. And these kids are pretty good, so. Uh, but Kansas City baseball's blown up. Yeah, they're blow. It's blown up here. I mean, we we don't we don't get to throw and play all year round. Um, so we have a lot of indoor facilities, things like that. A lot of turf, turfed out places. Yeah, the um the place that I went to in Kansas the past couple summers, um, it's called the Forum, and it's like indoor soccer, uh, indoor mm -hmm. soccer slash baseball with batting cages, four or five basketball courts, gymnastics. There's like a fun zone trampoline world mm -hmm. attached to Jeez. it, and then like and gymnastics and beach volleyball, and I, and it's just the it's the Costco of you know sports right there. It's yeah. a one stop shop. But then when I taught, what was interesting when I talked to the parents and the families, like what you're saying is in comparison to California, is there are no like locations besides that. Like it's the one stop right. shop and your kid rotates through soccer to basketball to whatever mm -hmm. other baseball to whatever they're doing and they do it all inside the same building. It's a very interesting um way that they uh, kind of go about sports over there because it doesn't yeah it, it seems like in theory you could probably keep going in your development if you were doing stuff, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I think I don't know, I mean of course you want kids to play multiple sports, but um some people in the area will get upset if if a, if a kid doesn't specialize. So it's kind of like the kids in limbo, whether or not. Um, like I was talking to a, a coach, and he's he's a Royal Scout. Um, he actually coached me in high school, but he was telling me he was mad that one of the kids is playing football rather than trying to get recruited. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I understand that he's a senior. He he wants to play last, you know, his last Friday night light games. Kind of let him do that. But but I understand it's, it's hard when you're juggling playing football and then, I mean, you got to get your baseball work in too. So people got to understand that. Um, but it's easier to get, I think going, cause he was a catcher. It's easier to go get some hacks in rather than if he were, uh, let's say a basketball player. I feel like, you know, it's kind of a hit or miss, especially in the winter trying to go out and shoot hoops when it's 10 degrees. I, I mean, but being able to go in the winter, get some hacks in um, on a weekend. I mean, it's, it's fairly extremely doable. You just got to manage your time a lot better. So that's that's i mean it's all time management <laughs> being able to uh don't don't play call of duty and and uh go go get your work in 
You know what? That's it's funny that you say that. I, I find that um, one of the things with video games that seems to happen be a recurring story that happened with myself and other people that talk about it too is like if you overload the amount that those video games happen, like normally it just turns off and they find something else what to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that the education on video games has increased tremendously. And I don't think we're, I, I know it's an influence and it's bad to a point, you know, but you, you got to take it for yeah. what it is. Like we're talking about yeah. fantasy land, like right. ones and zeros moving around on a screen. It really know, is. Some form of interactive yeah. entertainment, you know? Jordan um, Peterson, uh, like, uh, talks about it almost like dreams. And that it's mm -hmm. basically a dream and that there's a lot of usefulness in that, especially like, um, you know, and, and this is totally not my lane, but I can just imagine if you do it right and you create worlds, like you can actually create healthy worlds. Like, oh, yeah, it's not absolutely. that hard to like create these things that are basically like, you know, like a, a virtual Lego or virtual, you know, anything like that. Yeah. For sure. I yeah, mean, I think that's what Minecraft kind of is, actually, if you think about it. Right. Minecraft's like all of version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like yeah. fundamental. Like if there's engineering, they're building stuff. There's, oh. you know, and there's, there's always going to be like the thing that people I think are worried about with protecting kids is like, I don't think we just, we just don't educate the kids on there's going to be assholes. Like if you just lead with that, like, hey, you go on to this thing. There's going to be some random people that are going to try to rally you up and do some stuff. Like just don't engage. If you can, set the stage of like what this is like I, I just feel like the stigma would just go away so much better like right you know yeah. i don't even think about that part of it i always just think about just like screen time in general but yeah that's, well, that's i mean a whole there's a whole part. interactive thing like that's it, it for me i feel like video games are I, don't, I can't believe we're going down this right now but i'll do it i feel like video games are a thousand times more stimulating than a youtube video because it's interactive, right? You're actually controlling what you're doing. So the yeah. motor learning, the hand-eye coordination, the strategic thought processing, the thought processing time that your decision-making is all increased, you know, and a lot of those things can actually help you out throughout life, right? Um, I think that where we miss it is the variety of the games, the variety of exposure to the person is where right. things can get lost, right? Um, I found it growing up that I was playing strategy games like Civilization and Age of Empires that made me think about budgets and building and engineering mm -hmm. and infrastructure and defense and offense. And there was so right. many different aspects of the game. And I was like 12, right? And so it was probably my first exposure to like understanding and classifying what's happening inside of a game and being able to understand who's the winner and who's the loser and what things go with. And then as I've seen our leaderboard society continue to grow, I'm seeing a lot of those strategies exactly implemented in the baseball world, like hit tracks where they have a leaderboard mm -hmm. based on age yeah. that, or, or an open division where anybody can get into it. And those are good. That's actually a good thing. That means there's a community of people that are, mm -hmm. are okay with the parameters of the information they are submitting, right? based on a result and an outcome that they're all working towards, which is the exactly the same thing as a video game. Hit, hit tracks is a different version of a video game. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at it as if like I'll play and will be the show, but like it helps a, let's say a kid figure out pitch sequence, things like that. So, oh, 100%. you know, I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to throw fastball curveballs, fastball again and inside out, inside out, you know what I mean? So it's, it helps them understand that um, pick pitch selection, things like that. So, there's the, the beauty in that. And then, like, I was playing – I'm not saying I don't play video games, but I was playing, like, the new Call of Duty Warzone with some buddies. I mean, we're strategizing basically 
where we're going to go to try to win the game. Um, I'm not very good at it, but it's So teamwork, communication, effectiveness, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's so many many ideals that come with these things that if you think about it, Right. Was so I remember the um, there was the the issues with like television at the beginning. Right. That's what it was like. Pe- kids were spending hours in front of television. Well, we're doing the same thing. when We're putting screens in front of kids with, right. you know, watching the YouTube videos and the baby sharks and all that. I think that baby, baby sharks. sharks were interactive. <laughs> no, totally. Think about it. It's just colors and things that grab babies' attention and these, you know, and it's got music and and it's just captivating to these kids, right? It's, right. it's such a sensory overload. But if it was interactive, you you could accelerate learning massively, massively, right? Especially if there was a reward system or some kind of point thing, and then they could figure it out. Like I don't know how early in the processing they could do that, but. If you actually made learning fun to the point mm-hmm. where it was disguised in this other thing, I figured that out by playing. Um, uh, I, I, I when I play games, I'm all over the place with stuff. And one of my favorite right. games <laughs> that I've ever played was um, Assassin's Creed. But I didn't realize as I'm playing it that I'm learning Italian history of all of these things and these other artists and this stuff. And it's taking you through these three dimensional worlds, and you're able to see some of these cathedrals right. that are projected to be what it looked like then. But it's just you. In your in your own imagination, how much time it would create to do that? It's just not possible. It's yeah, and and that's I'm like jumping into a lot of like the CGI like TV shows that they're coming out with. Like I'm a history buff, so yeah, there there's a, a show on National Geographic where he'll go and and do his research and then show you what you know Atlantis would have looked like, things like that. So um, and it's all with CGI, and then it's with um, uh, augmentative reality. So he has his phone and he can just scan it. And it shows uh, what it would look like. So that's crazy. I, I think we just need to create a an app where a kid can take a picture of his mechanics and and play with it. And um, now, do I know how to do that? No. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean. If you create a video and you have somebody that's um, can just grab their knee and see what it would do if if he pulled his knee up lower and his legs try or in his uh, leg. Oh, you're talking about that. like an actual interactive thing that would wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a progressive idea too. That's but, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if the technology's out there. I'm sure it is. Well, it's I mean, they have motionless marker um motionless motion capper uh markerless motion capper. Uh to cast say it, I can't say it. <laughs> markerless motion capture right now. They have it. It's available and it's only like 250 grand. And how is it not No, it's not. Grand? It's like it's like 100 grand. Oh, 100. It's not even yeah. that much. Yeah. I we mean, saw, I just think for like big teams, winter we meetings, should, so it yeah. was. But yours is different. Yours would be like a little bit more predictive, right? Like, hey, right. It, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it it would work with the. I mean, of course, I don't know if that's even possible. I mean, I don't know how you would predict what would happen uh, if someone changed a certain part of their mechanics. I mean, it's hard to predict because a million, probably a billion different possibilities. So, um, yeah, that seems pretty. Pretty time constraining and yeah. outside idea, my, my brain waves. Next. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just kidding. So, well, uh, we, you know, dogs can play baseball too, right? No, <laughs> I only say that because I got my dog right here. He he won't leave my side. So that's hilarious. Uh, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, how would a dog? No, I like no, I no, love where your head's at though, because <laughs> we're we're simply just trying to figure out how the heck can we communicate better to the kids that we're trying to get better. So right, I love I love that. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to competition and some other stuff. So. Um, so we, we had a small conversation earlier, um, and I know we haven't talked about this too much on the podcast, but Cass and I were fortunate enough this year to go to Nashville for the coaches convention and Cass's third year, fourth year, how many fourth, fourth year. Um, and now I am super jealous that he has three more years than me because (laughs) it was a life changing experience because I did not realize that I could be in the Mecca of all of the baseball nerddom at once. And I, I, you said you were there. I didn't know you were there. It was um, sad that we didn't get a chance to have a beer and, yeah. and talk about it. Uh, talk about stuff because Cass and I were going back and just being like, Oh, like There's what is happening? You, like, you my, don't my head what are we talking about right now? <laughs> what are we talking you, about right now? <laughs> yeah. You don't realize how, how, I mean, going back to like sensory overload. I mean, I walked into the convention, um, the trade show and I was just like, like I didn't know there was this many. I knew, but like I think I didn't know there was that many like products that were either one in development, two already out. Um, there's just so much. I walked in and I was like, oh my, where do I start? I mean, I don't even. I know like three people here. Um, I mean, of course you got your big guys in the middle. You got your Rawlings, your Wilsons. You know, the the glove companies, the the all the tech guys i mean you, you have all of that but i was just like geez like i didn't even know there was a, this was that big i knew it was big but i did not know what it has become uh, i was just baffled well and then, that was way bigger than anything that it's ever looked like it's never looked has like it, that oh, okay so, so maybe that's because that was huge okay so they literally had the industry's getting because i was there my first year was in nashville in 2015 or 2016 and um yeah, it was uh, that whole entire – there was a whole other room. They had that whole other gym or whatever that was yeah. that wasn't even there last time. There was a whole other, like, what, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, whatever they – It was ridiculous. unreal. It was unreal. Yeah, that's, and it was, that's that, that place was, was – Yeah, and that place was massive. That place, um, that grand old – the Opry, Opryland, holy yeah. moly, that place. Yeah. And then uh, I think when we were leaving, we were jumping on our plane – and uh, one of the coaches was like, so what'd you learn? And I was like, I didn't realize how prominent baseball is. So I I knew I didn't know if baseball was growing, descending. I mean, I've always been it's always been in my life, but I didn't realize how like just large the game has become in a good way. So it's not like um, it's bad, but hold on, my dog, stop. But basically, um, I didn't realize um, I that there was that many people that would show up. There's like what? 5,000 to 7,000 coaches it, there. Like so 7,500. Yeah. So I, I walked in and I, coach was like, you know, be ready. You guys going to be stressed. I'm like, yeah, right. I mean, just going to be a couple of vendors. I'll check out, see what, what we have. Um, but we bought a lot of stuff for our program there. So um, we didn't get a chance to use it, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was right. pretty cool. What it, yeah, what, John. What did you think of your first time going there? What What was it? Your experience like? 
I had done a little research on some companies that were going to be there. And so I had a list of some people that I wanted to go talk to and, you know, didn't even finish it. Did And then like, as I'm there, uh, more people reached out, found out that I was there after we said we were there, tried to get to them. And then it just didn't, I mean, it yeah. there were too many good conversations and too many good leads. We, we, um, we established some relationships with some other uh, people doing the same stuff across the country. And it really helped us understand like we've, we've been watching this for a long time, but there was a lot of right. verbiage and things and, and strategies and methodologies that I wanted to talk to people about. And, and that was, it was just so cool to meet those guys in person. And then we really just had some good conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they have it next year. Um, yeah. and we can figure something out like that, but you know, if they don't, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to like a, some form of zoom situation where right. we have some kind of round table fun time, but who knows? You know, I mean, other than that, um, you know, I ran into some buddies, uh, you go pro baseball, John Madden, the baseball, mm-hmm. just, um, it's good to see those guys. Cause like, I think that where baseball does get it right, especially where I see on Instagram and granted, I'm not in the other spaces very much. Mm-hmm. It's like, we have these ambassadors for the game of baseball right. um, it, itself. And, and they're, they've been doing it for a while. John's been doing YouTube for, shoot i don't know like 10 years you know for a while you know for for a minute and he seems to still be finding content and when you look at him and how you know he's connecting with these other companies i'm starting to see a good bridge between the private industry Mm -hmm. the um the the scholastic industry and then the tech and it's all starting to come together where people are actually having conversations where you know some of these phrasing and these ideas about how to go about training are are being exposed, you know, and and it's a good thing, you know, it's great for the game. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool seeing like guys that, you know, I follow on on social media and I was like, Oh man, I've seen him. It's cool to see him in person. He's, you know, a lot bigger than I imagined things like that. So um, it was, it was cool. Um, I was just so overwhelmed. I was, cause I, I went in, I did a little bit of research and I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm going to go sit, listen to the, you know, the guest speakers, things like that. Um, But I had no, idea it was going to be that large because it, it was it, it blew my mind out and and so all of us other coaches were just looking at each other like this is and it was all i mean being with a group of guys that's been our first times it was it was uh of course it was overwhelming and you get back on the plane and it's all the guys that uh, all the coaches in your area all get on the same plane so um you had conversations to talk about rather than being rivals and things like that so um but yeah it was cool to listen some of the things uh, from a standpoint of like being in the high school level, um, there was some like having a professional coach, like with the technology, it's hard for, you know, us to get our hands on like a, a rap soto or things like that. And that's why I like, I'm excited for like the pitch logic stuff. Cause I think that's gonna be so much more affordable for people to be able to, especially programs to use that stuff and get that feedback instantly rather than, I mean, the slow-mo cameras, I can do that with my iPhone, things like that. So yeah, we're, we're doing it with remote training. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. tracking, it's helping with spin rate. The kid, you know, we got a couple younger kids. I think we have a 10 year old that has one. And, um, you know, one of the things I explained to the dad was just real simple. Hey, spin efficiency is something we really need to focus mm-hmm. on right now and try to get it above 80%. And, and mm-hmm. that should just be a, maybe even 70% to start. Like, don't make it crazy. It doesn't need to be a hundred at first. Like just trying to make right. it do its best job spending what it's doing. 
Yeah, guys. I um, I challenged. I think you're. I don't know if we're talking about the same kid, but I challenged uh, one of our remote training kids yesterday to send me video of a twelve o'clock, a one thirty, and a three o'clock fastball, and they mm. were all the same. And um, you know, the the fact that that's really that's actually a really easy thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, just like be an Iron Mike be a shortstop and then be an athlete, you know? Right. And, and that, that's, this isn't to say, you know, Oh, you should know better. It's just that, Oh, you can know better. It's not that mm -hmm. hard. So like you could figure that out, you know, without any information, what 10 year old can't figure that out in two weeks. And it might be like banging their head against the door where they're trying to like move their hand without moving anything right. else. And it's <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden they're doing this stuff and right. But mm -hmm. like they probably will figure it out on their own because they're going to want to pair that with velocity, right? They're not going to just want to see spin. They're going to want to see the velo too. So it's interesting. All right. And, yeah. and the velo is a big thing. And, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys get tons of questions. Um, and the thing, like, whenever we do, like, a Q&A, people are like, how can I throw harder? And I was like, I think that's beyond the point. The, the point isn't how can I throw harder? What are you willing to do to, um, to get yourself – physically in that position, mentally and physically, because if the kid's like, I want to throw harder, I'm like, okay, we'll just, you know, lift your leg higher. Well, I mean, I'm doing a disservice as, you know, as a pitching coach, but two, um, it's not just that. I think there's a lot, a lot of variables that comes to it, um, you know, spin rate, things like that. Spin rate is, is almost a direct correlation to um, your velo, what it could be. So um, I'm sure, how do you guys handle those questions when, uh, let's say somebody, sends you a message, hey, how can I throw harder? I know some guys don't respond. Some guys, um, me as being someone, um, I'm like a people pleaser in a way. Um, I'll respond and be like, I don't think that's the right question asked. Um, what are what are what what are you doing right now to get yourself better? And then they'll be like, uh, push ups. And I'm like, oh well, you're gonna have to do a little more than push ups, but or or your plyo balls, things like that. So um, there's just so many variables. You can't just do one thing. You gotta do um, what you do for, with your ply balls, you have to do some things for your lower body, things like that. So, um, but how do you guys handle that situation? A kid comes up to you, whether it's a new client, that's like, I want, my first thing is I want to throw harder. And you're like, mm, do you, do you throw strikes? <laughs> like, do you guys, how do you guys handle that situation? Chas, you want me to go? Um, yeah. Uh, so let's, I always let's, say, let's, I just say throw yeah. more, honestly, like just, I think you got to pull back, you got to lower your standards and you got to throw more, mm -hmm. right? It's literally yeah. about frequency. Like if you want to be a good thrower, like the fact that like, I, so in the, uh, the live with Ferber, like he was talking about some people haven't even thought about the idea to see how far they can throw it. Like it just hasn't right. entered their brain. Right. So if that hasn't entered their brain, they probably haven't even asked themselves, how fast can I throw it? Right. Mm -hmm. And then normally if you, are okay with throwing the ball as fast as you can, you're going to miss. It's probably going to be bad, right? But there is something right. to learning how to get it to where you want it to be. And as long as you understand that it needs to feel good at the same time, you can mm -hmm. start learning. Like learning 95 is what it is. It's not getting to it. It's not like a grind to right. get to it. It's a learned right. process. You have to learn yeah. how to do it. So it's, yeah. you know, that's that's what I say. And then exactly to your point, I, we get a sideways video all the time and the first thing they ask is what do my mechanics look like and i'm just like bro i don't even know where the ball's going right I, like yeah. I, 
it looks on time, but like your evaluation system to what you're looking at is it's mm-hmm. to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Cast may no. look at it completely different and he'll, he'll comment on that. And that's what makes us kind of cool. Uh, I'll, tra- I'll, I'll throw it. Yeah, on yeah. So, so I would way. just say that I, I think um, <laughs> what we have been in the process of doing, um, you know, teaming up together at Cutter Nation is mm-hmm. um, like we're looking for a sp- certain kind of person. It's not that we're like not looking for somebody that wants to check in and every now and then, but that's really just not the story that we're sharing with the people. Right. Right. And so the level of commitment um, in general is is high. Right. We're looking for people that are very interested in committing a lot of time and energy into this because we, we, we pour a lot of our time mm-hmm. and energy into yeah. our athletes. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just part of the process. So I think, I think the idea is this is like you, it's just, like you said, it's like, we just have to ask better questions. We have to like, this is about us educating our parents. And so a lot of this, right. um, you know, a big part of my reason for wanting to do podcasts is, it's such an easy way for us to have the conversation without us having to sit and preach to our parents and our kids and our players. Right. You know, uh, sure. hear it from your perspective. Right. And um, so to answer your question specifically, velocity is something that we are going to embrace all day long because what, what, whatever you need to, to hear, like, yes, we can have velocity. Yes. We can make you feel better. Yes. We can throw strikes because the point is, is you have no idea what you need right now. And we just need to help you understand, like, you, you can trust us. Let's go. And this is all of a learning curve, right? So mm-hmm. our eight-year-olds, when they come in, um, hey, this is actually very healthy for them to be coming to us on a consistent basis. You need to right. trust us as an authority in this just so we can we can stand up for you and your kid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, one of the most common things that I, I hate seeing is is the person that goes to a tournament, the kid's arm sore, they go to the doctor, they shut it down for two weeks. Like mm-hmm. that's not a linear relationship. That, that's usually not the what should be happening. Um, but they just, the, the general population um, and the general practitioner just are not in our world, They're you not, know? Yeah. And, and so um, anyway, the, the velocity thing is just a very loaded question, right? And and the fact that people don't think that throwing strikes and velocity is the same thing, they just don't understand how movement happens then, right? Mm-hmm. Efficiency creates these things, right? So if you move really well, you're going to throw harder. And if you move really well, you're more likely to have the ball have command because moving right. well is a balanced thing. And like, it's not that hard to be in command when you're in sync, you know, it's, it's, this is all just like, shit, how do you ever answer this question? Right. Isn't this the age old question? Yeah. So. It's, I mean, a, a lot of it, you know, I, especially when it comes to like the healthy part, um, I had a lot of kids that would be like, coach, my arm hurts. I'm like, well, what'd you do when you warmed up to throw? They're like, uh, I was like, well, like, did you do anything? I know you stretch with the team, but what have you done on your own? Did you do any bands, anything? And they're just like, no. I'm like, well, you got to understand, like, especially in the elbow, the elbow is connected to the shoulder. So wouldn't the shoulder be one of the first things that you want to at least warm up? Because that's what I learned, especially when I had my elbow tendonitis, was a lot of it was attributed to my tricep being really tight from my shoulder being really tight. So it kind of was just like a, a a domino effect of that. I mean, was that a probably was that going to work for everybody? No. I mean, of course, just because my tricep's really tight doesn't mean John or, or yours is. So you know, it's just it's that's what we've especially developed is like the individualized programs is being able to 
Um, I'm going to give you a nice fine foundation, but are you willing to figure out what you what feels good for your arm? And that's what we you know established here at the school I'm at is um, we're the first program probably in I would say in the city that has developed a program where kids can come in and I'll be all right, do your let's do your warm ups, but they do what they want to do. Of course, they do their team stretching together, but um, if they like doing three sets of ten on bands, then do three sets of ten, man. But if you're a guy. Um, if I see that your arm's hurting and you're, you're not doing anything, then of course I'm going to, I'm going to get on your butt. But, um, but yeah, a lot of it comes to being able to understand your body. And then I think that moving well, kind of what Cass was saying is, is such a huge thing. And we've been preaching that a lot, um, is just being able to move athletically, but, um, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy out there, especially kids asking me velocity questions. Cause I mean, if you look at my page, do I, I haven't posted one thing, how to throw harder. It's all probably how to throw this. So uh, it's, it's mainly change-ups. So I'm going to say this because I have a different perspective on this, Cole. Um, yeah. I, and I'm just, for what, for what it is, when I was in Minnesota, I, it was not part of my narrative. And since being with John, um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's such an easy thing to say. So if on it which, comes on down what, to on like the velocity, yeah, if it comes oh. down to like semantics and you know the image of it, I'm telling you, man, like the people that that balk at it, like it's 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 crazy because I was the guy that was like very conservative with it, mm -hmm. and I'm looking back, and if I would have just said I have I did I trained velocity um seven eight years ago, my programs would have been more successful because I I know right. what I'm doing anyway, um and so I know you know what you're doing. It's just one of those things that I didn't know how big of a difference it was going to make for me to just like get that out of the way and then also be able to go like, okay, now I can really comfortably have that conversation and like mm -hmm. really understand what that, um, you know, what that entails. Cause you know, you really, I don't know that we would say like, cause driveline's whole thing is like, you might get worse. Right. I'm right. not guaranteeing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that we've made anybody worse because the thing is, is when, when everybody's baseline is just beginner, right? We're not making mm -hmm. people worse, right? Cause we're, we're making no. kids better, uh, just by like being a better human being, like, and like you said, like preparing them. So, um, anyway, a little tangent there, but, um, no, no, it makes total sense. I mean, um, I, I mean, everything that we have done, um, whether it's one I've learned from what you guys been doing. So <laughs> I appreciate all that stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I think, I think a lot of it is I get to that, that conservative point where I'm like, well, I'm very, gen I wouldn't say generic, but I'm very like, I don't want to make any promises. And I think yeah. that's just for one, being a little bit younger uh, and, and two, um, again, being kind of like that people pleaser and not wanting to um, make anyone upset or, or tell them, you know, how it is, things like that. So, well, and the thing is, is your kids gain velo, right? Your kids get better. Mm -hmm. Like your kids get stronger, you know, they get healthier. And and these are the things that it's like, you know, you can look at it one of two ways. You know, we've, we've been just like, Hey, we're new to town. We have to just tell people what we are. We have to be very direct with our message. You already have something going, right? Like when mm -hmm. you have the before and afters, like people see that the reputation is there. It's, it's just another thing, but right. for, for anybody listening, like this is, this is the other thing that we, we deal with as in the private sector is like, we have to sit and we have to produce, right? We have to make kids better no matter what, right? And then we have to figure out how we're going to frame that. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, what kind of culture are we going to have? Are we going to be a bunch of badasses? Are we going to be like, you know, are we going to bring God into this? Like, 
And that's not even a silly thing to say because there are many different ways that you can approach teaching the game. So it's just one of those things where, um, and I will say this in the Midwest, for my experience, it's like the conversation is just like so much different out here, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, velocity is a part of it because everybody throws over 90. Like, and I, maybe I don't know enough about uh, Kansas <laughs> no, City, but... No, you're right. You're, yeah, I would say, especially out where you guys are, I, I mean, you guys are getting a lot of good arms. Um, yeah. Here, I think I think this all comes down to uh, what John was saying earlier, is just throwing. We don't throw was, enough Yep. in a way. I mean, of course, I don't want a kid throwing 12 months, but if you do it in a way that's been strategized, done correctly, um, of course... If I'm going and Max Stone for 12 straight months in a competition setting, you can all, I can guarantee that there is more strain. I wouldn't say strain is the right word, but there is more effect to your body throwing in a game situation than there is throwing a bullpen at 90 to 100 um, percent indoors, things like that. So um, I feel like there's more because you get there's a lot more adrenaline going on in a game situation yeah yeah Um, kids in the midwest they they do not so when you talk about i've said this before just between john and i when when you see kids in the midwest in my experience throw yeah when you see them throw year round you know these are one to two times a week that they're throwing as hard as they possibly can and then throughout Mm -hmm. the summer years yes they're they're going to be throwing the ball you know four or five six times a week but we're mm-hmm. talking about that's a really unhealthy way to approach those other six, oh, yeah. uh, you know, nine months out of the year, whatever oh. you're, you know. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking like when we're when we're suggesting, you know, long uh, 12 months out of the year, it's like every day, like mm-hmm. you're moving your arm every single day and yeah. you're taking, you know, one to, to six days off in a month where you don't pick up a baseball, you know, and that's kind of that window, you know, because that's what it takes. And, and I'll, I'll plug this last thing is. This is so, you know, I was just thinking about, I don't know that we have more talent. We just have kids that have thrown more, right? Because I look at, and I was going to ask you this, in Minnesota, the best athletes are going to be in other sports. They just don't often Mm -hmm. gravitate towards baseball, right? Is it similar there in Kansas City? Well, it's, I would say the best athletes, they still play baseball, but they don't, they're doing three sports. So you got, especially at the high school level, you got your best athletes doing football. Well, he's. He's, he's a quarterback. He's not doing any baseball baseball uh, training or anything. Then he goes straight into basketball. Well, I mean, those yeah. guys play quite a bit, especially I feel like in the Kansas City area, I mean, basketball is, is important. So, and then they go straight from basketball to baseball. And then I, what's the first question I asked one of my pitchers? I was like, hey, how much have you done? A uh, couple times a month. I'm like, well, bro, you're already six weeks behind, like, because you've been playing different sports. I'm not saying don't play different sports, but you've got – I mean, how committed are you? Are you just playing this just because you want something to do after school or are you really trying to get better and, and go play at another level? I mean, that's that's what it all comes down to. So, but we don't, I mean, we don't have, and the kids that are throwing hard here in Kansas City, I mean, you, you got scouts there every day just because it's so, especially if you're a scout in this area. I mean, when you hear a kid throwing, let's say 88 to 92, I mean, there's going to be, they're going to, oh, like, because it's so, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's so hard. Um, it's a very slim picking when it comes to those kind of kids. When out in your guys' area, I bet you 88 to 92, it's like, well, he's going to go play D2 up north. You know what I mean? So it's such it's it's such a different yeah, world. It's a different world. It is. It is a completely different world. I agree. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll go on record and say this. Like, I think that one of the issues and why kids are so scared of like building velocity of their own and, and not worried about it is that 
I think they don't understand when to stop, you know, like that is, mm-hmm. that is a big thing. And, um, I, I love Alan Yeager's take on that. And, and this is kind of in line with that is, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn what you can do. Right. And there's very simple strategies to go out to count things. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, when we go long toss, um, we don't count our beginning throws. We're just trying to have fun. We no. know where our end goal is on where we're trying to get to. But the throws, when we get to whatever max range that is that you find out, which is different every day, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when we start counting. So I'm going to count those throws. I'm going to count my max distance throws. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to count my shuffle fire throws because those are more stressful, right? And so oh, I yeah. might end up with 10 to 15 max distance throws, but it might have taken me 80 throws to get there. You know, just really taking your time to get out there and then come back and unshuffle fires and there might be another 10 to 15 more. And that's just what I like to do. I know that uh, Taylor likes to do it also when we long toss together. Cass has done it. You know, when you get done, there's a good feeling. You can feel when you get into shuffle fires or when you get into your max distance throws when Mm -hmm. you're like, eh. And you can also see it, right? The ball dies, it runs. You know, you might, okay, you know what? I need to take a break, right? So you come back in, you know, that first throw is going to feel weird. You're probably going to feel like you're going to sail, sail it, you know? Um, yeah. Tip tip for pull downs on a field and distance, always miss low rather than high. You'll surprise yourself actually where you'll throw the ball. Um, but That's you know, anywhere I'm on just, the field. That's anywhere right. on the field. Yeah, exactly. Practice. Anywhere on the field. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't feel like uh, it is a difficult thing to throw that idea out because it's just, you know, hey, you just got to be smart. Like, use your head. Be logical. Listen to your arm. If you throw one and it feels terrible, probably should be done for the day. Probably right. should exactly. be done for the day. And that's what. And that's what I. Whether it's one, um, just wanting to get things done quickly. That's it's 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 not going to take you five minutes to long toss because you're going to be hurt. And that's yeah. what I've taught. I've tried to teach a lot of guys is the way exact same what you've done is like really extend. Really get that body ready to roll because on those max throws, that's when you really, that's when it really counts. So especially in the long toss days, but uh, there's days. I mean, here where you know it's 90, no wind. You're like, oh, I feel great, and you got days where it drops to 50 the next, or let's say two days later. I mean, you're not your arms going to feel different. So being acclimated, um, I'm not sure how it is for you guys out there in your beautiful, uh, sunny California weather, but but basically. Well, uh, on our long toss, I, we've never kind of going out counted. Um, the only time we've count throws on, ex- on extending would be um, getting back into the swing of throwing volume. So um, our throwing program would be, let's say, 12 throws from 30 feet. And then you go back 12 throws, things like that, a program we've developed um, to where uh, right after like a, winter, a winter months where a kid is done throwing and we get them back in the swing, that's when we'll see we'll count throws. But um, I've never been one that's like, I'm going to count throws, especially in a long toss day, as far as going out. Of course, mm-hmm. I want to, if I'm if I'm out 100, 100 yards, uh, we want to be able to count how many throws we've done that day. That way you can feel like, oh, well, like that's what I felt like on that day. And I threw 10 throws at max. You know what I mean? So um, I love that option, that theory. And I wouldn't really say it's a theory, but that program, is, yeah. is so beneficial because you were, I don't know how you feel. I mean, it, it's hard for me if a kid's like, Oh, like he's not telling me the truth and his arm feels like crap. Well, what's, what's the benefit of that? You're not getting yeah. any work in because you're already totally. hurting. I, and that I creates agree. bad mechanics. So yeah, it, it's but, not, 
like I said, that's why I, I, I have no problem saying that. You know, I mean, it's it's you, you got to be you listen. You literally can only listen to yourself in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about the confusion that what could happen about what we just talked about. Right. Someone has to go to uh, 30 throws or I'm sorry, uh, 12 throws at 30 feet, like what you're saying. Right. But what's mm -hmm. the output? Right. You know, the the protocols for throwing for people to come back from Tom John tell you to like shuffle at 45 feet. Like what? Huh? What are you talking about, man? You know? Yeah. And, and if you shuffle at 45 feet, like that's like me playing catch with the Dominicans when I was in Mexico and the guy has no yeah. feel from under 60 feet. Right. So he starts at 90 right. and rips, rips a hundred at me for five throws and then comes back in because his arms numb, you know? So it's, it, it, you know, it, it, the common sense of like progressing is, is, um, you know, you just don't see it, but in the same sense, I understand why, because if you're a dad, just, nowadays and you go to look at stuff it's just crazy what you can read on there you know you could really find some stuff for some doctors and go down a rabbit hole and really get scared you know you a could find some hole. stuff like us and we're going like throw every day and you're like well i don't know what to say this guy's saying throwing seven months out of the year this guy's saying throw every day you know so you yeah. could get you could really pit these arguments against each other and have some confusion they're huge i mean it's it's things i mean i follow rabbit holes all the time but um the thing is, it has so much information. So, you know, the one of my biggest fears, um, I don't, I'm not going to say like any company's name, but like a, like a pliable care program, things like that. There's there's not just one out there. I mean, of course, you got ones that are better than others, things like that. But a kid buying or a parent buying a kid a bunch of plyo balls, thinking uh, with no instruction of how to the parents just watching videos. That's an extremely dangerous, dangerous thing is um, not being taught correctly. And and that's I've seen guys have Tommy John because of that they they bought a, a package things like that and they're doing these programs and what happens, whap there it goes it's it snaps so is are those programs beneficial they can be they can be so I mean we use stuff like that all the time but it's 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 so dangerous if there's no instruction involved because um, you've seen it so many times so, I mean with the information that's out there. I mean, it could be a parent following my page and it's like, my son's changeup sucks. And it's like, well, sorry, I didn't mean to show you a grip with Pedro whose hands are 10 times longer than mine. Like, sorry, but I mean. Yeah, there's there's things you're not quite sure about and, you're, and your 10-year-old kid's changeup is in the hitting speed, so you shouldn't even worry about it. Okay. Right. So <laughs> it's a, he's like, well, it's only, it's the same speed. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. if you need, if. Or, or a huge one. Do I need to throw curveball at 12 years old? Well, do you need to throw curveball to get 12-year-olds out? I mean, Hey, <laughs> depends who it is. There's a kid the other day that jumped on my live who's 13 that I've been following for two years. He's 6'7", 220. Oh, right my. <laughs> like, the kid is a boomstick, by the way, Cass. That kid I was oh talking about. Oh, my Lord. He's six. Like, he, we hopped on a live chat the other day, and he was telling me, yeah. So, and, and I guess he took my advice two years ago and he's like been all business mode since where he's like, he said, he said to me, I realize that I'm special and I need to maximize my chances. Absolutely. Oh, hey, 13 year old, go ahead, go do you kid. Let's go. Yeah. Right? I'm a fan. Yep. I'm in, you know, absolutely. If you're willing you to know? take that much pride and being able to, you know, get that committed, dude, you're especially whew, six, seven, my lord, I couldn't yeah. imagine. I was at like 13? five seven at thirteen. So, and he's frustrated. I mean, he's like, and he's frustrated. So like, brutal. I'm only like 82, 83 right now. I'm like, oh, oh, you're only eighty two, eighty three. Okay. Oh, you haven't hit and he's like, yet, man. He's yeah. He's like, he's like, what? Like, 
what what does that mean? I'm like, well, let's let's just talk about one thing in general, right? You can't even play professional baseball till you're 18. So I don't even know why you're mad. You got to calm down. Right. Okay. Can't it's not even possible. Okay. Right. So that's the first thing. So you got five years to get to whatever your potential is. It's six foot seven at 220. At yeah, I don't know. What are you gonna throw? 110? I don't know, kid. Like, who knows? You know, it's it's and it's so hard to, to teach them that big picture. So understanding, of course, they want it's that media way of life now. It's like, well, if I want to go get, you know, a new TV, I'm gonna buy a new TV right now. It's almost like that immediate um, satisf- satisfaction of getting, you know, well, I'm gonna throw 90 in five months. Okay, well, you're 12. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you gotta understand or, or a 16 year old. I mean, it's, it's there's 16 year olds that throw 90 out there, but you gotta understand, like, look at your big picture. So um, being able to teach kids that is huge. And that's, um, and I know you guys have been doing that a lot is just teaching them like, hey, it's, it's a process, man. And it takes, and so, it takes time. Yeah, I mean, we- It really does. We've got kids that, you know, we had a kid hit 90 yesterday, which was awesome. And he started off at 75 and he is, yeah. he is so lucky that his brother is a little bit of a screw up and showed him what not to do. Right. And he told yeah, right. we had a chat actually before he threw his pen and he was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I haven't stopped throwing since you told me like, I don't know, mm-hmm. long time ago. And then he had, he called me afterwards after he hit 90 with his parents. And he was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that, uh, like, I'm not stopping. Like, I want to go to 95. I'm I want not, to be throwing 95 by the time yeah. I'm a senior. I'm like, go ahead, kid. Like, yeah. you you put yourself in the best chance. You've done everything we've asked you to do. Mm-hmm. You, you've really played the long game. And, and you know, you might time this thing out. And what's the worst that happens? You're 90. You don't gain any below, oh, you yeah. know, right now. And you still have your junior and senior year. Like, oh, darn. You know? But that's just not it's, his mindset. His mindset is, I mean, you know? It takes what? What is it? Thirty days to create a habit or make something become more habitual. I mean, you can't. Two weeks of social or things like that. But you do the same things. I mean, how long has he been working with you? I think he said fifteen months is what he said. Fifteen months. Yeah. yeah. See, so he's already he's created that habit and built that rapport and that relationship. But it's it's. I mean, he probably will hit ninety five by the end of the senior year. Things like that. So, yeah, that's those things are cool, and it's he's, when and he's those, smart. You know, he's smart to the point where we've talked about, you know, we even talked to some kids like we're we have to give them some real, um, you know, honest (laughs) opinions about stuff, but also encouraging where it's like, look, understand that this is a difficult road. But if you want to play professional baseball, you have to understand what level you have to get to. And it takes years. It takes Mm -hmm. years. Okay, you got to master the game at the highest level in order to make it and give yourself a shot. And then you have to go even farther into the deep dive, right. To be the best. Right. Right. So, you know, doing that and giving yourself the maximum amount of time when window to do that is, is probably the safest and best mm-hmm. way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's crazy kids. I mean, the, the media see is they just want that be able to throw hard quickly and it's just not going to happen. So it, it, I mean, it, it does for some, but, um, creating that habit and things like that. So, but, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Can you guys see what's actually sunny here in Kansas city today? So oh, nice. Yeah. I know. No, so I know there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a glare. Then it's a I little, apologize. it's a little sunny over here in San Diego. A little bit. Yeah. Cass is in Colorado. How's it in Colorado, Cass? Um, I was outside for a minute, a little gloomy today, but, uh, it's always sunny in Colorado. Like 
they have over 300 days of sun here. Yeah, see, nice. so much better. All right, let's let's move on to your specialty. Let's start talking change-ups. Let's start talking side spin. Let's start talking Trevor Bauer's uh, half-colored ball that was posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the fun stuff. Um, you and I have talked about four-seam, two-seam change, power change. Right. The first thing I want to ask you is how many different versions of the change-up are you aware of? Um, I've aware? got a couple in my head. Uh, I think I can name like six. Um but it, it's funny how I think about it afterwards but in the names and stuff. So how many can you name? Uh, let's see. We got – I would just say we got – we'll go straight here. Just oh, Straight change, a little three-finger on top. Straight, yeah. just three, straight. And then you got your, your circle. You can see that. Sorry, my camera. It's camera notice, split, hey, so. notice, by the way, how he's not pinching the seam. He's the thumb is underneath it, by the way, everybody, because the thumb controls the ball, right? And I'm gonna scoot back my camera so I can actually you can actually see. So we'll do that. Okay. So when you especially on on the circle so hard. So I have the largest, the largest fingers. So decent. So things like so here, I mean, when we throw it, we're naturally going to, especially with the circle, we'll we'll go into that here in a moment. So we got the circle. Um, what I've done is I modified the circle. So I realized this finger is strong. So this is my middle finger. Mm-hmm. So this is a very strong finger. That's why we throw our fastball with these two. Mm-hmm. So if I can scoot over a little bit here, see how it's on the side of the ball now. Now I got mm-hmm. my my ring. So I have my ring here and just let everything else lay off to the side. Yep. Now I could feel a lot more weight on my right side of my hand. Mm-hmm. So what does that do? That's going to create. So it'd be going this way, that way, um, whatever the hand you are. So I'm a righty. So it's going to go this way. So I want the ball to go that way. That's just because it complemented my fastball better. Now, if you have your, which is not a bad thing, but if you have your middle finger on top, you're going to get more of that downward movement. So it's going to be more of a straight rather than I want the fade on my changeup. Okay. Um, another one, we've got the Volcan. So the Volcan, basically what that does is it splits your, I don't have great flexibility on my hands, but I got here would be, that's just a nice split. Yeah. Just a nice split between your, basically your middle and your ring finger. Um, that's going to create more of that split effect. Um, I would classify splitter part in the changeup family. So I agree. I like that. It's 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 just a different grip. So it's gonna do the same thing. It's a really hard pitch, in my opinion, to throw. I can never figure it out. Um, sometimes people just will throw it here, so they won't they won't move. They won't do any wrist flexion. They'll just throw it here. So um, I've never been a proponent of that because when I finish, so if I have a kid that throws a splitter and he doesn't, he does a flat wrist. He'll finish here, and a hitter can pick that up and especially if you can't throw it for a strike, he's just going to watch you eat the dirt. Um, so what would that be? What for? Um, so I got straight circle, um, modified, um, Vulcan, a splitter I would classify. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, if you go along the two seams, you can go along two seams, things like that. Uh, is that five? Five. Yep. Five. Ooh. Yeah. 
There's one more where you can go. I know Strowman throws, he doesn't throw his very much, but a very thing that's unique, you don't have the biggest hands in the world, but I, I love that guy. So he's good. He's a good dude. But if you have his thumbs on the side, mm. not a bad thing, but he I mean, his is still, his is more of a sinker because he, he throws a sinker a lot more, but um, where, what do you have as a sixth one? Uh, I know that Grinky throws the little power one seam change. Ah, the, he does um, throw one. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, the uh, uh, Brad so, Taylor tries to throw. Brad Taylor does a one seam and a one seam change up. He tries to for the Royals. So so that's um, that's a uh, that's a good little segue to the thing. I think you got most of them. I mean, there was uh, there's really not much more else. I mean, you could do um, anyway. So. Let's move into that same thing. So what you showed me and what I see and what we talk about is a difference of four seam and two seam spin, which and then also with one seam spin, which affects the color, the movement, and the deception mm -hmm. of the pitch, right? And uh, so um, you showed a bunch of four seam grips right there. Is that uh, on purpose for tunneling off your fastball? Do you try to match fastballs with your changeups? Um, I, I mean, I try my best. Um, depending on who it is, I've had a lot of guys that will have a uh, four seam fastball, but they've gotten more action with their two seam. But when they throw a four seam, it's it's all over the place. Uh, change it. So mm -hmm. uh, I personally, when I was uh, when I was playing, and, and uh, of course I still do, but uh, I always wanted to complement my four seam. So I felt more comfortable. I think it was the reason was is because I had that lace right here, where my thumb is. Yeah, I had a lot more grip of it, and I can control it. With the two seam, I did not like being on this part with my thumb. I felt like I didn't have any control. I wanted it on uh, the side of the horseshoe. So uh, that was just my personal preference on that. But uh, complimenting your fastball, uh, the only reason at a younger age, you'll see a lot of guys that will jump from, let's say, you know, a lot of younger, let's say 13 to 16-year-olds. They'll throw whatever's comfortable. Uh, once we get to that higher level, there's a lot of pros that will switch their grip, um, complementing that pitch they throw. So um, just because those lower levels, it's kids aren't – are they reading spin that much? Uh, not really. They're just trying to hit it. So uh, it's it's a lot harder to read when you're younger. You're still developing, things like that. But once you get to that pro level where they are training on spin, that's where um, I see uh, a lot more guys go to what complements their fastball. Reason being is uh, – we want to throw this like our fastball, right? Um, so if I'm throwing a two seam fastball, it's going to come out like this anyway, just because that natural pronation. Mm -hmm. if, I throw my, if I throw my uh, two seam changeup, it's going to come out that same way. Um, the only difference is we're not throwing uh, this on our fastball. Obviously, we're not throwing our thumb at the uh, catcher just because there's no reason to. Uh, the only reason I teach throwing our thumb at our uh, catcher and our changeup is I want my ring finger to be on top of the ball. So if I want my ring finger to be on top of the ball, that will subtract that velo because you can feel my ring finger. Like it's just, it's not a very strong finger in general. I can push down the ball pretty good with my middle, my index, same thing. But when I come to my ring, I'm like, eh, it just feels awkward. So that will decrease that spin on the ball. And then of course, decrease the velo on it. So uh, a lot of guys will throw it like that. But um, again, it comes to personal preference. If I get more action on my four seam, then of course I'm going to throw it a lot more. Um, 
if you are able to complement your two seam fastball better, boom, throw it that way. So uh, again, personal preference. Once you get to the higher levels, a lot of guys will, of course, switch that grip. So um, but teaching. So would you say? Teaching, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say, would yeah. you say that the movement? Um, seems to be the priority of the changeup, like how much run, how much sink you can get on it, or is it the deception? Which one do you feel like is what you see the popular, or what do you see as effective? Most effective. So I have had a lot of questions on that. So a lot of guys are like, well, mine's not moving the way it should be. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But if we're throwing it correctly, we should be allowing at least getting close to both. So if I'm throwing it hard, if I'm throwing it slow, of course I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get a screwball. If I just like just throw it slow, if I throw it like my fastball, I should be getting that deception and late movement. Uh, it, it really just depends on the way your grip works. Like when I when I throw a straight and I have my middle finger on top, and I'll do this when I'm playing catch, I'll come in from long tossing and I'll I'll throw different changeups, but I'll throw my middle finger on top. I'm gonna get more of that. Mm-hmm. I would say split, straight diving changeup. when i get my my modified circle basically um i i'm gonna get a lot more run now can you get a little bit older and get a lot more experience i threw a lot of my fading changeups to lefties because it's going away from them i'm a right-handed thrower uh so it would go away from that lefty and i i would get a lot of guys out swing ground balls things like that um, I've always been a movement guy, so I've always been huge on movement. But if you if you're throwing 99 to 100, you're not probably not going to get a huge, huge uh, depth on it unless you're like, uh, oh, was it Alvarez from Tampa Bay? I think that's his name. I was actually talking the other day. I forget his name, but um, but he literally his goes boom, and he does 100 boom. So it's just like okay, his change is only like 94, <laughs> so so no big deal. But when it comes to um, the movement, I've that's just been my preference, just because it's easier for it to get on a uh, out of the hitting zone when it has more movement. Now we have if we mistake if we have more mistakes, let's say on that that middle finger change that's more up and down vertical. If I miss up in the zone, it's going to be a lot easier to be in that swing path than that movement. So um, I've always taught I want a little bit more movement on my changeup because. It, it gives me more room for air, if that makes a lot more sense. So it gives me a lot more room for air when I'm able to run it on my arm side a lot better. I also that. think it's a lot easier to dial it back. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a big breaking ball, and I know how to have a not big breaking ball. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a lot of kids that it, it's tough for them to know how to spin it. So I, yeah. I totally agree. I was thinking about, though, um, Zach Greinke's changeup with yeah, we, him yeah. his only being like two to three miles an hour so that was interesting because he's mm-hmm. definitely more of a movement guy um yeah. but yeah it's it's interesting because i want it must it must just be like he's basically throwing a fastball with side spin yeah it's like tommy canley or canley yeah. does the same thing his is like 94 it's like 91 to 94 and his is very i think it's almost the exact same grip as grinkies so they're like the on top um i have some slow-mo video of it on my instagram but his comes out. They both come off the middle finger, but I, yeah, Grinky used to have a really, really good changeup that was a lot slower. And then I think he realized that he gets, it's just as effective when he throws his 89 mile fastball and a 90 mile changeup. So I bet it's easier if you think about it, right? I bet it's easier mm-hmm. to rip it 
and not worry about the speed differential so much as like trying to throw the shit out of just it and get as just much m- movement as you possibly can. Right. Just that's move. What, yeah. Just that's what I think about when I'm trying to throw my slider is like how much mm-hmm. how much spin can I crank this thing right. on to make it move as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. that's what Leitenberg said about his split finger. That's why he said he couldn't throw a changeup because he, he he didn't know how to throw a power changeup. Um, so he had to throw a splitty because he just had to throw as hard as he possibly could. Yeah, and split. Yeah, if you can, you can get a feel for it. I had a kid this spring. He was like, "I'm working on a on a splitter." My uncle showed me. I'm like, "Okay," and that thing he did not know where it was going. And I'm just like, "Not even what is that? What are you throwing?" Because it would just. I mean. It was a 40-footer every single time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not an easy pitch to throw, bud. I mean, it's hard. So, How old is he? Yeah. Uh, I think he's 16. So he was a sophomore in high school. So, it sounds like a good idea. You know what I mean? But you see the the idea of splitters coming in and out of the league, like where you see guys getting smoked and getting Tommy Johns and people are scared of it. And then, like, it comes back in a different form, yeah. whether it's a bowl. But um, so here's here's a good question about the changeup. Uh, in your opinion, how do you get your changeup to go down or your splitter to go down? Because that's one of the things I see also with changeups where they float, they hang, they get smoked. Um, what, what are what are your thoughts on that process? Thoughts on that. So a lot of it comes to what are we doing, uh, especially with the upper body. So a lot of guys will pull. So they'll pull trying to create that arm side so a lot of guys i've seen pull and what's going to happen when you pull you're going to leave it up so uh, the first reaction would be probably releasing it too early choking it if you're choking it i mean it's probably going to release just because uh for some reason our psyche when we're throwing our change up we're like i have to slow everything down well you don't have to you just throw it hard let the grip work well a lot of kids will think that and then they either one don't have a strong enough hands or good enough feel for their pitch that it releases early and it just stays there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it I've seen is that front side just boom. And then that just drags our arm and our elbow and everything with it. Uh, with with floating, um, a lot of guys, it's, it's so different for everybody. So a lot of guys will tighten their grip up, which will sometimes hold on a little longer, loosen it things like that. It's, it's such a, a hit or miss with a lot of kids. Um, that's why we, we, you know, we try to, to teach um, where we at on the seams just to get what's comfortable. Cause sometimes that circle is not very comfortable for a lot of kids. I'm getting those cameras, <laughs> but it's not very comfortable for a lot of kids. So then we'll just bring up that index finger. But uh, when it comes to floating, it's probably more of a mechanical issue than your grip. And a lot of guys, I mean, what's the first thing you're going to blame? Oh, my grip sucks. Yeah, but what are you doing differently within your mechanics to make it flow? So uh, a lot of guys, it, it happens to be with that open that front side open it up really early, getting that arm dragging. Because and one of the biggest biggest myths when throwing a changeup, a lot of guys will curl their toes on the backside or drag their their back foot. If, I don't know if you've ever heard that, yeah, but it's that's something. One that just slows everything down, in my opinion. Like it's hard for, uh, for me to show a kid to be like, "Hey, drag your foot just on one pitch on that backside." When really we want that, you know, we want it to be sticky in that back leg. We want that foot to just boom, really explode, and that's what's going to get that action on it. So, 
that that's kind of my take on whether or not your change is floating. It's it's either one you're opening up too soon and that's just dragging, and then your body is not used to feeling that grip in that ball uh, like that because I mean you're just ripping fastballs. But you're like, oh, that feels weird. You're just gonna release it. That's when you'll see a lot of floaters things like that. So yeah, we don't floaters get banged for sure. Okay. Well, been there, uh, done been about, yeah, for sure. We've been about an hour. Um, why don't we uh, wrap this up? Why don't you tell everybody a little bit? Um, uh, just remind everybody uh, what, you know, what's coming. How about what's coming up on your page? Where, where are you focused? Where's the, cause you seem to have a theme on pitching and everything right there. Where, where's, what can we expect in the future for this, for the changeups that, that we'll be seeing? Yeah. Uh, seeing and pitching. I mean, of course, you know, we, we call ourselves Change Up University because that's kind of the, the niche, the route we wanted to go. So we uh, with Change Ups, we're going to be doing, uh, I think, with Pitch Logic. We're going to be, you know, working with Pitch Logic and, and you guys. So, yeah, there it is. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, as much as we can on uh, grips and, and the spin rates we're getting. So uh, uh, we'll be doing a lot of videos on that. Um, we'll be doing a lot more. I can't wait to more. see that. I can't wait to see your content uh, and your analysis do... of the numbers. So we should definitely get back and see if we can chat yeah. about it as it comes out. Yeah, I love I, talking that stuff. I told I told myself uh, until we get a little bit larger, I'm not. I just want to kind of just get as much information out. Uh, we won't do very many uh, like videos of ourselves, things like that. Uh, now that we've grown a little bit, I want I want to. Um, especially being having the technology, it's so much easier to to have that backup and things like that. So that's what's coming. Um, we've been working a lot with uh, the front side extension. So uh, front side, keeping the uh, whether it's half a second, two seconds, making sure that that front side is extended. So we'll be doing a lot more stuff on that. Um, hooking the rubber, we're doing a little bit of kind of just digging into that. Um, it's not for everybody, but um, I did a post on that. That was the Pedro. Uh, that was the Pedro, Pedro. post. Yeah, yeah. Page, Pedro's post, Sandy Koufax taught me, so it was kind of cool. Um, I read it, I read it in Pedro's book, and then um, I read it in an article too. So um, that was pretty cool to learn about that. Uh, that's what's coming, man. We're just gonna do keep doing what we're doing, um, partnering up with some other companies. We have a uh, here Tau Trainer, which is a huge product we like a lot. Um, so we'll be doing a lot more stuff with these, uh, getting some drills out there. Um, but you'll see a lot more stuff coming out. Uh, we're working with some big leaguers. Uh, Stro was on our page yesterday, just chatting it up away with some people on commenting. So go check that out. Uh, but other than that, man, we're just we're trying to get things rolling. Um, it's hard when you can't get outside, and well, you can, but you know a lot of kids. Um, we suspended all of our lessons right now um, due to quarantine. So um, that's kind of where we're at right now. So seeing pitching, man, we're really excited with, with the direction we're headed, uh, and we'll see, man. We'll see where Sounds things good. go. We're just we're just gonna keep doing what we do, man. It's for it's, sure. Uh, no, I love it. I love it. You guys, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm an addict to the multi loop on your page all the time. You know, seeing the Stroman shimmy and watching the page because I mean, I that's the same ideas and questions I look at all the time. You know, and there's mm -hmm. so much quality content out there, um, even without analysis. You can just watch it. You know, and I like we were saying earlier, yeah. like Major League Baseball just made it a little bit easier for people to get some of this stuff. We could, yeah. you know, I think there would be a lot. The game would evolve tremendously. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, that's what really sounds like what we're all trying to do is educate at the it highest is. level at the earliest age. Yeah, for sure. But no, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's a lot more. It's a lot fun talking with guys and a lot more fun being face to face with you guys and talking. So, um, again, I appreciate that. 
uh, we'll do this again. So uh, 100%, 100%. Thank you very much, Cole. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Don't yeah, forget, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you get $25 rebate uh, using code Cutter Nation for Pitch Logic Ball. Um, check that out and uh, feel free to share this everywhere. We really appreciate it. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Cole, you're awesome. Appreciate Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.